people message us on Facebook that said, I just saw your band. This is so cool. I'm checking your videos right now. Like, I love this. Welcome to the Food Startups Podcast. You just need the packaging to shout off the shelf. It's a different world when you actually think about adding value. But to be able to play now is definitely going to require some new thinking out there. Hang out with us and learn how to grow your food business. This is episode number 151 of the Food Startups Podcast. Busy Coffee is on the show. And I'm excited about this for three main reasons. Number one, ranking number one in Amazon for cold brew coffee, a competitive space. They share how they did that. Two, creating buzz for their product on a van life road trip tour. They did the East Coast leg and got into over 200 stores with leads for another 500 of potential points of sale to increase their distribution on the East Coast. So they talk about that. Um, And then the third and probably the most impressive thing, as you'll see throughout this interview, they are really good at paying attention to metrics that many of us don't even think about. You'll see more as we get into the episode. But yeah, tons and tons of info here. And let me know what you think, because for me, this has been one of the most insightful episodes we've had to date. Alex, how are you and where are you? I am doing fantastic and I am currently in Boston. In Boston. So Alex is currently on a road trip around the United States promoting Busy Coffee, the More Than Miles Tour. Alex French started it with his best friend, Andrew Healy, both from Minneapolis. They were climbing the corporate ladder and training for a 24-hour obstacle race. They kind of solved their own problem, needing energy or fuel, and created Busy Coffee. It is the number one selling cold brew coffee on Amazon, and now they are doubling down on retail sales with a road trip. To sell these coffee shots, which are TSA approved, they're they're very small listeners. This can be found at foodstartupspodcast.com slash busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y, and Not only are they small, portable coffee shots, but they have a manufacturing process that allows for stable shelf life, meaning it does not need to be refrigerated. Alex, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And so my first question, I mean, that I think a lot of us are thinking, tell me about this 24-hour obstacle race. Yeah, so it was this crazy thing called the world's toughest mutter. A lot of people have heard of the Tough Mudder or potentially participated in it. And uh, Andrew and I had done the race two years in a row. And we're looking at where we wanted to go for the next one. And we're looking at the list. And there was a 24-hour race in, uh, I think it was in New Jersey, the first year we did it. And so we just signed up for it, committed ourselves, and and ended up uh, doing pretty well. And then the next thing we know, we've done it for three years in a row. But it's basically running nonstop with three of your best friends for 24 hours, climbing obstacles, getting dirty, and uh, trying not to fall asleep. Wow. And so you're taking this cold brew coffee during the race? Yeah, we take it before, during, after. And we really 
love the product and we're really heavy users of it. The benefits as an endurance runner, it's low acid. So if you have any stomach issues, it doesn't bother them. It's highly caffeinated. And then, of course, it's sugar-free, zero calories. So really, we're just using it for the caffeine to keep us going throughout the race and to get us started on the right foot. Gotcha. So uh, if I understand this correctly, your type of cold brew coffee, that compared to traditional hot coffee, it's going to be a lower amount of acid? Yes. And that's one of the major reasons why people like it is it's just less acidic. It's less bitter. You'll notice in marketing, people are kind of stepping away from that as a key messaging point. But for a specifically an older demographic, which we learned on Amazon, that's a, that is actually a, a key selling point that people look for is that low acid. Gotcha. Listen, you know, when you and I were talking before, you mentioned a gap in the market, but cold brew coffee was around and, and thriving. Yeah, exactly right. And so what we did is we, we kind of t- took the lean startup methodology and we were making cold brew coffee concentrate like many people do at home. They buy a, a regional player. And we were just drinking it straight, taking shots of it before we would work out, during our workouts. And so we had had this idea for a shot version of it, but no one was doing it at the time. And we had this manufacturing process, which you mentioned earlier, that allowed our product to be shelf stable, meaning it doesn't require refrigeration. And so what we did is we put this product out onto Amazon, knowing that there was already a market for multi-serve cold brew coffee concentrate. We were able to put it onto Amazon. People would organically search for it. We would put up PPC advertising, just a a quick um, ad, drive them to our page, convert them. And then over time... And and, uh, hold on, Alex. I think we need to define PPC, which is pay-per-click. And was this ads on Google or within Amazon for PPC? This was... This was strictly within Amazon. Okay. We now we now drive Facebook to Amazon as well, but in the beginning, it was just within the ecosystem of Amazon. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. So, yeah. So we were driving people to our page, converting them. Then we built a, a very large consumer base, and then over the summer, we, as I had mentioned, had this idea for the coffee shots, and we surveyed our customers. Pretty standard consumer insight research, asking them non-leading questions: Who are you? How are you using the product? What did it replace and what would you recommend we do to improve? And it was very clear that people, there was a couple of major issues with the product and it was primarily based on the format where no one really knows how much a serving is and it's extremely inconvenient where you can't take it anywhere. And they said, I love the product. Just give me a single serve version that's like the five hour energy. And at that point, we had basically validated through thousands of customers that there was a need and a gap in the market for a shot version of a cold brew coffee. Okay, I want to add a couple things here. So usually when you buy these cold brew concentrates, they're either like, what, like 12 or, or 16 ounces. And I think that's a really good point because cold brew coffee is very strong. And most people, you know, not everyone knows the difference between, we'll say, an iced coffee and cold brew coffee. And if you pour too much out of the 16-ounce serving, you might be up till 4 in the morning, right? Right. Gotcha. Okay. And just to get in specifics here, were you using like the, the orders within the, the Amazon interface and you were just sending emails to customers through there? Hey, did you like it? Do you want to leave a review? Are you interested in taking a survey? Something, something like that? Yeah, that's pretty much exactly right. So we use software that allows us to email consumers after they purchase the product. And fortunately, we had achieved the number one status, a number one selling product in the category. 
And so we had a consumer base that was buying again and again. And so we basically just said, hey, we'll, we'll give you 25% off if you take this survey. And because people were consistently buying the product, they were more than happy to do that. And we just gave them a promo code after they filled out the survey. Gotcha. That was going to be my next question. How did you get them to fill it out? Okay, perfect. So there's actually a software. I've always wondered about that. So purchasing on Amazon, there's a software that automates this process. You don't have to manually email each person that buys it. Correct. Okay. And tell us a little bit, why do you think you're able to get ranked number one for cold brew coffee on Amazon? I know that's really competitive. There was definitely a timing issue. So we, when we had originally started looking into the business of cold brew coffee, we were really just looking for a fun internet business and looking at all these keywords. We were making cold brew coffee ourselves. So of course it was in our consideration set. And we looked at Google search terms, keyword analysis, and saw that cold brew coffee was trending up significantly and it was growing three, 300% every year. And we looked at what was available on Amazon and it was virtually nothing. And we had shelf stability and to really succeed on Amazon, your product has to be shelf stable, again, meaning no refrigeration. So we knew that we'd be able to put it up there and just through people are organically searching for cold brew coffee as we saw through our Google keywords and we think about Amazon as, yes, it's an e-commerce marketplace, but it's also, I think, the third largest search engine in the world. And people have their credit cards in it. So we basically just put it up there, made sure we got reviews. Of course, you have to have a good product and relevant pricing. So we made sure we tested all of those things as well. Tested the messaging, tested the images, tested our pay-per-click advertising. And then as we got our review base up, we basically just doubled down on the PPC advertising. So if someone were to search cold brew coffee, they would always see us first. And then we have good reviews and a great page. And we're able to leverage all of those things in combination that continue to grow our business on Amazon. I think you make a good point there too, Alex. Just online marketing is usually a combination of little things, not just just one thing. You mentioned the the testing. So what exactly does that mean in terms of testing photos? How do you measure the sales there? And so there's software. I forget specifically what it is. We use so many different softwares for different parts of our business. But basically, there's software available. I'm sure you could search something like AB Test Amazon page, and it'll pop up. But basically, what it means is you serve, someone searches cold brew coffee, and they get to busy coffee. One person sees an image of a six pack and one person sees an image of a single bottle and we test those and then we track the conversion rates and then wh whichever performs better we know that is going to give us more revenue per ad or or just in general as a landing page and so then we move to that as our uh, final page brilliant okay so obviously the a b testing rank for keywords reviews uh, i know in amazon like the listings like the copy you can customize the amazon listing pages i'm sure that's all really important. Yeah. So it all started with, I don't know, with Google Trends or Google Insights, just finding that the keyword was exploding and there wasn't much product. So it seemed like a, just a really good fit. So you you had good timing, so a, a little bit of luck there. You guys found that by doing research. Exactly right. And and it's, it's an interesting place because Amazon is typically not a channel where people buy food and bev products, generally speaking. Um, I listened to the Smarty Pants interview, and vitamins are an interesting industry because a lot of people buy them online. But generally speaking, most people don't buy beverages. And so when people are searching for cold brew coffee on Amazon, it's typically looking for beans or a cold brew coffee maker. But what we found is 
a lot of people buy them and it's kind of a pain in the butt to actually like do it consistently. You got to premeditate it. You got to clean up the grounds. What will you do with them? So we've had hundreds of customers that had originally purchased the makers to save a buck and then they realize that, you know what, they don't really want to be doing this. They just want the end product. And so we'll just be able to, to capture them through that as well. So people that are frustrated with the makers advertising there and getting in front of them and saying, hey, maybe you enjoyed doing it a couple of times making cold brew coffee, but uh, we can just get you the shots ready to go without having to spend all your time on that. Exactly right. Okay, cool. So Alex, congratulations. I mean, becoming number one on Amazon for a product like this. Is there anything I missed that I should have asked you about Amazon marketing that you would uh, tell our audience? You know, probably the the most important thing I would say is just reviews. It's, it's really all about getting reviews and good ones, of course. So make sure you have a good product. But that's that's really the most important thing that we learned is do everything in your power to get reviews. And of course, try to get them to be five star. That's always going to be best. But even having more reviews, uh, it's better to have 50 reviews and a 3.5 rating than to have no reviews. So that's probably another piece of advice there. Cool, man. And I think also it seems like this was transformative to your company, this whole 25% off for the survey because you validated the, the shots idea. So that was also, um, I realize that's related to the reviews, but uh, that was huge. Yes, a- a- absolutely. You know, surveys are a really tough thing because most people lie on them. And so to be able to validate something through real consumers that we know like the product as opposed to walking into a store and saying, hey, would you buy this? Like, typically people will say yes, and then you say, okay, $5, and then they'll walk away. But to know that these were real consumers that love the product and that they took something because they were gonna get something that they love at a better price gave us a lot of confidence in the data. Totally, and I think they already were fans. And you, another thing you mentioned that I think was really important, you said no leading questions. And so a leading question would be something like, do you think uh, you know cold brew coffee is is more convenient than traditional hot coffee or something like that? Where where you're kind of leading them to say yes or no? You ask neutral questions. I think that probably helped you get the the answers you were looking for. Yes, yeah, so because most people will ask leading questions, and because they want to get a specific answer, to start a beverage company is extremely expensive. And the last thing we would want to do is get someone to say something that we wanted them to when they didn't really feel that way. So it was very important to get accurate data. Totally, totally. And making them feel comfortable to say, hey, the multi-serve is really inconvenient for me, or I don't know how much to drink, or I stayed up till six in the morning the other night because I drank the whole bottle or something. Yeah. And Alex, right now, uh, what percentage of your sales are online versus retail? So it's it's constantly an ebb and flow. So it's growing more and more retail um, every day. Now that we have the shots on Amazon as well, that's starting to pick up. But the shots are, we've grown our distribution immensely with this bus tour. And through that, it's becoming a smaller portion and will continue to become a smaller portion over time um, because we are, again, in the food and beverage industry and the vast majority of those products are purchased in retail. We see that being, I mean, significantly outweighing any sort of e-commerce business. Yeah, we're continually growing in that direction, which we're excited about. Cool. Well, I think this is the time to, to mention the road trip. So this is, um, I'll, I'll link to this on the show to their YouTube channel. I think it's B-I-Z-Z-Y-T-V. Uh, yep. Is that correct? Yeah, that okay. sounds right. So yeah, check it out. It's really cool. And uh, so they, the East Coast leg of their tour, and I would say, you know, you guys have like the gear down, um, you're organized, you have all these events, doing a lot of approaches to not just Whole Foods, but also co-ops and and stores. 
you know, some photo, you know, photos of you guys doing the uh, the cheers and downing the coffee shots. Um, I mean, it's really cool. You know, first off, why did you decide to do this road trip? Yeah. So the, the major reason was sales. So for us, you know, we don't have a Whole Foods regional office in our market. The only real retailer that we have locally is Target, and they don't pick up new brands unless your unless your method soap and it's a one off chance. So we happen to have a group called NCG, which is the National Co-op Grocers, which is essentially a buying group of all the co-ops across the country. And so we were able to get in with them. And the benefit is, is it opened up a significant amount of warehouses through UNFI. The downside is it's not regional or it's not local. So we're not able to, in an effective way, maximize our spend on marketing. So we said, okay, what can we do that's going to be the most beneficial use of resources that's going to help drive velocity and help us build the data story to continue growing our distribution? So we looked at all of these ways, whether that was digital advertising or field marketing teams, and we said, all right, I think we can do a bus tour. I had this idea a long time ago for just like a fun little, fun little side project. And looked at the success of the social media marketing and this Instagram movement called hashtag van life. And we said, we can combine this subculture that's obsessed with coffee and we can go on a road trip, meet our brokers face to face, meet the retailers. We're in the warehouses and we can walk into retail stores with our sell sheet and our product and say, hey, try this. Here's where you buy it. And we've been able to do that in every city that we go into extremely successfully. So the real impetus of it was let's grow our distribution and let's support the marketing as much as possible. And that's been, it's been very effective and we're very happy with it. And then as we're doing this, we thought, okay, well there's this subculture on Instagram that we can become a part of and join the conversation. Let's document our journey because it's kind of a cool thing. We're millennials. Let's, Let's talk about it and share it. And so that's that was kind of the strategy. And Alex, let's just clarify a couple of things here for the listeners. So National Co-op Grocers, is this when you're already accepted by UNFI? If you get into National Co-op Grocers, that means we're adding you to our directory of, of products and that, that these co-op grocers can choose to purchase? Exactly right. And this is the, the tough thing about selling them to a retail channel is it's the chicken or the egg concept that everyone faces. Generally speaking, your distributor, whether that's UNFI or KHE or a local one, will say, I want 50 customers before I'm going to open up this warehouse and accept your product. The challenge is that the retailer says, I'll carry your product when you're in the distributor. And so it's this really challenging thing that we face. But essentially with national co-op grocers, is that's exactly right. We worked with them together and the distributor to say, They'll pick it up if you assort it. They all kind of saw that this was a new thing that had the potential to be very large. And we were able to sell the opportunity and working with them together to basically put this program in. Where we got into their new item program. Uh, the co-ops across the country could opt in or opt out. Fortunately, the vast majority did opt in. And that gave us enough um, customers for them to open up all the warehouses and place purchase orders for us. Gotcha. So let me, let me clarify that. So essentially the idea here is for this chicken and egg with uh, distributors and retailers, you basically, you may, you could link people in. you say, do you NFI the distributor? Hey, if I can get approved by national co-op grocers, which would greatly increase my chances of being in 50 stores in a region, 
would you give me a shot? And they say yes. And then you say, okay, National Line Co-op, I can get in here, but I'm going to need 50 stores. Do you think if we maybe get in the new item category, would you be willing to consider us so that way we can be there to deliver to you with UNFI and kind of just kind of getting them on the same team? That, that's exactly right. And we took it even a step further and got into a program called UNFI Next. And it is a program that's built for emerging brands to kind of help with this conversation. So with all of those pieces together, we were able to do exactly what you had mentioned. Okay, fantastic. And listeners, I'm just going to mention it again because Alex has mentioned a lot of interesting things, uh, the hashtag van life, but also national co-op grocers, UNFI Next, who's actually going to be on the show, but I haven't followed up with them. But this will can all be found at foodstartupspodcast.com slash B-I-Z-Z-Y, busy. So, so Alex, how long was this road trip? So the first leg, I think we kicked it off on June 5th. So I think it's the 23rd days are blurring. So just over three weeks so far. We put on, I think, about 5,400 miles, which is a lot of driving. But one thing that was really important to us is we had to make sure we were working the whole time because we have a team of four of us, including myself, that are there. So we ended up through internet research and being a little hacker myself, I figured out how we could get unlimited high-speed internet in the van. And so we're able to work the whole time, which has been really helpful. But typically, we'll kind of go into a city, and if it's a major one, we'll stay for two to four days to really maximize our marketing and our sales efforts. If it's a smaller city where we have a couple of stores or a chain, we'll go in and, and show face and just kind of be more of, more of an in and out. And through all the commuting, we're able to work and keep up with all the, all the business needs, which is nice. So how did you get, I'm curious, how did you get unlimited high-speed internet uh, for the van? Yeah, so it's a little technical. We're going to be putting out a sweet video about it. But basically, there's this thing called the VM6200. You Amazon search, it'll pop up. And you, it's for a connected car. And you go to AT&T and you get the connected car plan. And you get the adapter so you can plug it into the wall. And that's pretty much all you got to do. You got to set it up in a couple of ways. But the guy who sells the VM6200 will show you how to do everything. Very cool. Amazing. Great hack there. And did you guys buy or rent this van? We, we bought the van because there was a lot of customization that we were going to have to do to it. As I said, you know, the whole point of it was to be able to work from the road and create this mobile nomadic office and lifestyle that we can present to this global community of van lifers and be a part of them. So we did purchase a van. The nice thing is all of our modifications can be reversed. So if we so please, we can sell it back in the future at a slightly uh, less of a discount because of the miles. But yeah, we purchased it and, and it's been great so far. I'm very happy with it. Very cool. And I, I mean, and we'll post photos and also link to the YouTube channel. But I mean, you have like the like the decal on the outside. Another thing I noticed is you guys have a lot of gear, clothing, banners, etc. Who manages that? And what's your what's your take on how the gear has helped your sales? I mean, it's it's really important. You know, the category that we're going after is we're we're taking coffee and turning it into an energy brand. What our research showed is that seventy percent of coffee drinkers drink it for the function or the efficacy. The, ca- the caffeine and the energy. And so for us, we want to play in a very, very large energy business. And so being a brand is extremely important. As you, if, you know, for our sake, we're just showing up to a lot of these retailers and saying, hey, here's the product, check out the 
and we're in, we're committed to investing in this brand and we're going to make sure that this thing turns once it's hit the shelves. So we found that to be very important, especially when we go to a fancy foods or an expo West, which are major trade shows in the industry, they're able to see that we're the real deal. And one of the major concerns of a retailer is if this thing takes off, can they finance the business? Do they have the capital to support growth and marketing? Or is this going to just sit on the shelf and eventually die a slow death? So we found it to be very important. We, of course, are conscious about how much we spend on all those things. But we do have nice gear for ourselves. We all work out all the time. And we say we look at the cost of advertising. And we're in front of thousands of people. As I mentioned, we're from Minneapolis. And I can run around the lakes and see 5,000 people in an hour that's 5,000 impressions that I'm gaining if I'm wearing a shirt. So we look at it in, as an investment, not just kind of let me throw my brand on something. Yeah, and I wonder how many people just saw your van, Busy Coffee, and like, hey, what's that? And they search Busy Coffee, and all of a sudden they're on their Amazon page and ordering. I'm sure that's happened multiple times on the trip. You know, it's funny. We've got a ridiculous amount of people message us on Facebook that said, oh my gosh, I just saw your van because we have call to actions on there. I just saw your van. This is so cool. I'm checking your videos right now. Like, I love this. So it's I mean, it works, and we're expecting to get about 4 million impressions throughout the full East Coast and West Coast lag just based on travel time and how many miles we're putting on. So there is there is a return and a measurable return for doing that. Wow, very cool. I, I like, uh, Alex, I think you're really sharp on the metrics that you think about. Not all food startups think about these types of things, like these types of impressions, but it's definitely paying dividends for you. And one other thing, as you'll see in some of the videos, uh, one of them I think was in maybe in Miami, but definitely in Southern Florida. And you kind of have this thing where they're like, hey, we just kind of showed up to Whole Foods and you know, we got into five stores. So you have this confidence about you. But listen, we all know door-to-door sales, for lack of a better term, right? You know, just showing up to stores, it's not easy. What recommendations would you have for listeners that want to show up, whether it's Whole Foods or a co-op, to try and get the attention of a buyer and get into more stores? You know, first and foremost, you got to just do it. If you look at the first episode at Busy Coffee is our, is our handle on Instagram and Facebook. That's where we got uh, a lot of good stuff as well. Um, you'll see that we, we get rejected like everyone else does. That's just sales and it's the nature of the game. But really, it's you got to go in. You got to be confident. Uh, if you're not confident in what you're selling, there's no way someone else is going to be. So what we do is when we walk into, let's say, a one-off store, we'll bring our product, which is finished. It has packaging. It has labels. And we bring in a sell sheet and we say, hey, is there a grocery manager or a buyer available? And everyone in the stores is generally very nice because we look relatively respectable, all things considered. And they'll grab the grocery buyer and then we'll say, hey, this is our new product. We just wanted to show it and give you some samples. Oh, by the way, this is available to purchase. Like, what do you think of it? People, and if you walk into a smaller store, they never sample the product on the spot, but they'll, they'll genuinely give you their honest feedback. And if you have something that's different, they'll be pretty interested, generally speaking. Now, if you're going into a regional or a corporate office, which we've done many drops, you're going to get rejected a lot. You're not going to get let in a couple of times. But again, that's door-to-door sales. But we have seen significant success in getting to know people, getting to like people. There's always a gatekeeper. There's an, there's an admin at the front desk getting them to like us and telling them our story that we're from Minnesota the real value of the van tour is it puts people on the spot and under the gun. We can say, we're from Minnesota. We're on this van tour. I'm here for 15 minutes. 
is there any chance that I can speak with someone? And they, they hold that in high regard because they see you're investing in the brand, that you came all the way out here, that you're taking a risk. And they genuinely like that. We definitely had a couple of stores and regional offices say like, we typically don't let people do this. Generally, the buyers aren't here. So we do reach out to them beforehand. We give them a heads up that we're coming. You want to be as premeditated as possible, but just being able to flow with the situation is also very important. Gotcha. So you're going to give a heads up that you're coming, but you'll show up whether or not they respond or only if they respond. We will definitely show up whether or not they respond. We're in the area. And so the risk for us is very low. You know, we just want them to see that we're going after this. We're, We're swinging for the fences. This is the real deal. And this is going to happen. And we hope that they join us on the journey. And, you know, we say it that way. And and these buyers respect that. They get a lot of emails, especially with the interest in the food and beverage industry. There are, I mean, I don't know what their inboxes are, but there's probably a thousand emails a week that are unread from brands attempting to reach them at whatever stage they're at. And so if someone does something different, it really stands out to them. And that's what they're looking for. And the same goes with any sort of PR or marketing. It's really separating yourself from the pack. Right. And so another theme here, not only did Busy have to be different with their product, but you also had to be different with your marketing in order to stand out. Very cool, man. How many stores so far on the East Coast leg do you think you've been able to get into? We've landed over 200 stores just in the last 23 days or whatever I said it was. Whoa. Congratulations, man. Well, listen, Alex, so people can find you. YouTube's Busy TV. Again, I'm going to organize all these links into one place at foodstartupspodcast.com slash busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y. And then Instagram is at Busy Coffee, correct? That is correct. Hey, Alex, I want to thank you, man. There was a lot of stuff in this interview that I personally hadn't thought about before and that hasn't been shared on our show, not just online marketing, but ways to think about, what do you want to call it? Like road trip marketing or, or van marketing or just tour, product touring. So thanks so much for, for your candid insights on how you guys had such an awesome tour. And for listeners that will hear this episode, this will be live, uh, I think July 6th, right around July 6th, if that's a Thursday. For listeners on the West Coast, will you be publishing a any type of uh, map or schedule for your West Coast tour? All of our maps, dates, locations on our website, which is www.busycoffee.com. And so listeners, go to busycoffee.com, B-I-Z-Z-Y coffee.com to meet them on their West Coast road trip starting July 18th. Thanks so much, Alex. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Still here? Have you ever considered coaching? Let me explain. So running my own food business and the podcast has given me a unique perspective on the industry. And as much as you can learn from the show, nothing beats personalized advice and consultation to your challenges as an entrepreneur and a food business owner. If you're interested in learning more, go to foodstartupspodcast.com slash coaching. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. And as always, if you have any questions or comments, find us online at foodstartupspodcast.com.